Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Opera Off Stage. I'm Jesse, and I'm Michelle. So today on the podcast, we are going to get into some vocal myths because I, the the music community can be a very superstitious and strange bunch, especially when it comes to how we treat our voices. And it doesn't matter how logical or straightforward a person you are. If you have an audition that day and something feels wrong, science does not apply. <laughs> science <laughs> does matter. not exist. Nope. It's so true. Science has left the chat. The second I feel something a little going down in my throat, a little little tingle that's not supposed to be there, science is gone. I've never heard of it. Technique? <laughs> like, reason? Don't know her. <laughs> Which is why it's fun to go into some of the very common vocal myths that people have about how we treat our voices. So first up is one that I don't think most people believe after, like, maybe their first year of undergrad. But is, I think, just a natural reaction to your voice going off. But the idea that whispering is a good way to rest your voice. Just because it's the opposite of shouting does not mean it's good. Yeah, I was going to say, I think, like, when you're young, especially, like, in high school, like, you know, you're you're doing, like, your high school thing. You're, like, got your first role. And then, like, God forbid you get a sore throat or something. And you're, like, shoot, I got to be on vocal rest. And I feel like there's something, like, in our brains that's like if i use a smaller portion of my voice that does less damage when unless you like really know how to properly whisper it's it's so bad like who says this whispering is not a yeah. good way to rest your voice at all real re- i mean the reality of it is whispering puts more pressure on your vocal folds yeah and will dry them out faster with all the extra airflow if you're like severely whispering it's like just be quiet hilariously though when i was looking this up and i was trying to like double check and just make sure i was telling the truth when they studied it there was like a small like 10 to 13 percent of people for whom whispering is actually less traumatic to the vocal cords than regular talking but statistically speaking that's not you (laughs) so don't don't really take that chance we're not trying to empower you with this one (laughs) (laughs) You you are just like other girls. You are also vulnerable to whispering. <laughs> yeah, it's just... I mean, even if you're in good vocal shape, if you whisper incorrectly for, like, five minutes, you will feel exactly how terrible it feels to whisper. And it's, like, also funny because I think that, like, there's always those people who are like, uh, uh, I'm sick, and then, like, wear a post-it note or, like, bust out their pen and paper and are like i'm on vocal rest and it's like okay you don't have to be that person either like just be a reasonable person don't like stage whisper and don't shout just like chill and actually rest your voice but you don't need to be like a scribe writing everything out like (laughs) it's okay you're not gonna die your voice will come back (laughs) i think i did write everything out once when i like really really lost my voice because we all do it talking a normal one you get like a little squeak yeah but you know you know who's never going to really have this problem is my boyfriend because he's physically incapable of whispering (laughs) and i'm not even saying that as like a shady thing of being like you know do you just not know how to whisper no i legitimately think like muscle memory wise his whisper is a stage whisper and no one's ever told him that he's incredibly loud. <laughs> like it's it's it defeats the point entirely because there's something so odd about hearing someone stage whisper that you automatically listen in. Oh yeah. 
So he's he's not only not whispered correctly, he's done the opposite of the purpose of whispering. <laughs> which means if he's doing the thing that every human does, which is to comment on something maybe less than politely, suddenly it sounds like he's trying to vocally insult someone. <laughs> That's so unfortunate. That's so funny. <laughs> Just so suspicious and not trying to be. So shady. Volume. It's, it is also hilarious because he's incredibly shy. Oh, we love to see it. <laughs> so the stage whisper. <laughs> a little counterproductive. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, but another one that falls into kind of this category of taking care of your voice once you've already had something happen. I'm guilty of this one, which is thinking that things that uh, have a blood thinner aspect to them, like Advil, are okay to take for inflammation. I like Advil's just always been kind of my painkiller of choice. And I remember when I told my first voice teacher that I was using, I was taking Advil because it was a little under the weather and she lost it. Yep. (laughs) Um, Because she was like, you're going to destroy your vocal cords. And like, that's a little bit dramatic. But the reality is, is like, if you're doing a lot of singing and you're dealing with inflammation or fever or what what have you, you really don't want to take anything that has a blood thinner in it because you can hemorrhage your vocal cords. Yep. This one's actually kind of dangerous i mean if you were like god forbid to to hemorrhage like it could be significantly worse because you're on blood thinners and obviously like an accident like that is going to be horrible either way but your risk of hemorrhaging is also higher it's a good idea that if you have a big saying you know and you don't have to take it especially if it's just like oh i'm gonna take it so i'm not inflamed like no don't do that (laughs) only take it if you absolutely need to I mean, it's okay to use them occasionally, but using them consistently to treat inflammation in the throat or the vocal cords is really, honestly, a recipe for disaster. That's probably the most dangerous one on our list. Oh, yeah. And actually, when I was um, when I was in like a musical theater camp as a kid, so there's another type of this that is, like, it's just Advil, but it's um, called Goody's Headache Powder. Oh, I hate that name. And a lot of singers used to take it. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of people used to take it. And like I said, it's just an anti-inflammatory, so it does the same basic thing. But, God, there are two things about this. Number one, it was a terrible idea because it has that exact same effect. And that was actually when I learned that you shouldn't take it. But I I watched somebody snort that. Absolutely not. (laughs) Because because musical theater kids are feral. I watched someone <laughs> snort Goody's headache powder. And it wasn't until I was much older. Like, did you have kids? This is so random, and I promise we will get to the next myth. But I also need to confirm, like, another experience that I feel like more people have had than watching someone sniff headache powder. Did anybody else have kids in their school who would, like, snort Smarties? Oh, yeah. That was a thing. And it's it's truly, like... Right? No one is more unhinged than <laughs> high schoolers. Like, you can say what you want about, like, partying in college but high schoolers will do something stupidly dangerous that's just stupid that's just stupid and you're just like there's no rhyme or reason it's just stupid (laughs) truly because once again don't don't do drugs kids but don't do smarties kids (laughs) don't do either really but i was like at least the people who are snorting drugs get the benefit of being high if you're snorting smarties you're just trying to grow grow mold in your sciences (laughs) yeah (laughs) Oh, yeah. Musical theater kids and high schoolers in general, just feral, 
unhinged feral creatures yeah just cryptids honestly once again you can use advil and uh things that have a blood thinning uh ingredient but you should be really careful using them consistently or during times where you're singing a lot because they can just be a little bit dangerous i for one still use advil all the time because it is the only thing that works for cramps for me (laughs) so i will never give it up just not when you're singing yeah especially if you like have a cold and you're like on a week of having taken the max dose like every day like first of all you probably shouldn't be singing if you're in that condition anyways but especially not a good idea if you're if you've been taking you know higher doses than normal to treat some form of illness the correct answer answer is resting rest (laughs) but don't whisper (laughs) so number three on our list um, of myths is dairy products thicken mucus and i'm not really surprised that so many people you know are so afraid of this myth because like i've grown up being taught this in just like even outside of music and singing just as a general sense like my whole life like oh if you have a runny nose like don't eat your cereal like don't drink some milk like cut back on everything when you are have a cough or something like that like i feel like my parents told me that all the time and so i just never questioned it i was just like oh that's just something we do and then like everybody else has that same lived experience so nobody questions it and we definitely you know all believe this and still won't do it yeah that's the thing i was like it doesn't matter the fact that even i am saying here currently like that's not true the real thing that happens is basically the milk coats the mucus and it makes you feel like it's flummier but all all it's done is make you aware of something yeah but I still won't do it. Like, I'm not suddenly gonna... It doesn't matter the fact that I know this. I still will not drink milk before. Also, who drinks milk? <laughs> My grandpa. Like, just straight milk, I mean. <laughs> With, like, every meal? Yeah. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, when is truly the last time you had actual milk with a meal? Oh, yeah. Like, 10, 15 years ago. Even alt milk. Like, when's the last time you just had a full-on glass of milk? Yeah. I can't even remember. Uh, yeah, truly... It's chocolate milk for me, baby. <laughs> or hot chocolate. Uh, I'm bisexual, so I drink oat milk. <laughs> yeah, it's just kind of like, well, you know, it's so funny because I can actually like vividly like think of times where I have an audition coming up, especially in the morning. And I'll be like, oh, I can't eat this yogurt because I'm going to be drowning in That's phlegm. such a lie. Which makes me really sad because I love yogurt, first of all. <laughs> I, I was just saying, I was like, I don't even believe you that you say you didn't have yogurt before singing. Oh, I probably did, knowing me. This is a weird quirk about me, but I really, I take my yogurt very seriously. <laughs> um, and so I could definitely think of times I've been like, oh, I shouldn't do that. And then, of course, I always think that ties into the whole coffee thing as well oh for sure but i just wanted to say the like the funny thing you mentioned like oh it was always told to me growing up and that's because it was like in every baby book ever yeah because obviously when kids are little not so much now but like when we were growing up and like a generation before us like the whole thing was like kids should have milk yeah so kids were just (laughs) kids were just guzzling milk from the moment they were born it's so funny like all those got milk commercials like i remember those being a daily occurrence like synonymous with like don't do drugs and drink your milk and it's like why (laughs) why were we forced to just simply chug milk i don't know (sighs) 
Big Milk really had us in a chokehold. <laughs> oh my god. Forget Big Pharma. There is only Big Milk. Big Milk. <laughs> Horrible. Absolutely terrible. No, truly, but I think like Got Milk commercials are like the Wheaties boxes for this generation. Because like Wheaties boxes weren't really a thing when we were growing up, but they were enough that we knew about them. That's Got Milk for Gen Z. Yes. For sure. But like the the actual milk myth is, this is kind of funny, is actually like a thousand years old. No wonder everybody freaking grew up believing it. (laughs) Yeah. So I think the first time that like it's like written down that people can remember somebody saying this in the 1100s. (laughs) I was about to say, in like 1135 AD. That's crazy. Where, so basically they said that milk causes a stuffing in the head uh, and that dairy consumption could have a humidifying effect and with like thicker phlegm. Um, But it's not true. But no one's to blame for believing a thousand year old myth. (laughs) Not when big milk is in the prowl. Big milk? (laughs) Not when big milk has had a... (laughs) firm grasp on society for a thousand years big milk really played us wow 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 (laughs) obviously this doesn't apply if you have like lactose intolerance no (laughs) i don't really know how to feel about most people who are lactose intolerant because i've never met a lactose intolerant person who does not eat dairy oh no they they do it and they will tell you they're like i will hate myself later as they do it Oh yeah, risk it to get the bis- biscuit. It's, it's the it's the way of life. <laughs> That's how much of a chokehold that big milk has on us. See, this whole dairy big milk and big bathroom teamed up. Oh my <laughs> big god. Toilet. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on. <laughs> Along these same lines of like dairy products, thick and mucus, like yikes dairy, so scary. Is that people are terrified of drinking coffee, soda, caffeinated teas, etc. Because it dries you out. And yes, like caffeine can dry you out. But honestly, if, if the amount of caffeine you consume is mild, then the effects will be mild. Like you don't need to freak out about whether or not you can drink a cuppy of... A cuppy. Hello. Goodbye. <laughs> a sippy cup of coffee three hours before a rehearsal. Like you're not going to die. And the thing that really gets me is like with stuff like this is it's like panicking about these sort of things is honestly worse than the action itself. Like if you spiral and like freak yourself out that you like drank some milk or you had a cup of coffee and now you're going to go sing. I honestly feel like the vocal tension that stems from the stress and anxiety that you caused in your mind is usually going to be worse than whatever it is that you drank or consumed before singing. I just feel like our brains are way more powerful in that way. And it's so funny because I I had this one friend, because I feel like this is something that singers especially like talk about all the time. It's like, oh, you know, don't you think that drinking coffee is is bad? Or like, oh, what did you eat before your audition? Like, this is just like the random crap that we always seem to talk about. And I'll never forget there was this one person that was like, I do whatever the freak I want. I don't like limit myself to these beliefs because it's just going to stress me out and I don't want to have like I don't want my food to have that power over me like it's going to be fine and I was like that honestly like changed the way I think about it 
Hilariously, that changed me too when you told me that story. Because I remember my next audition when I woke up in the morning, I just I got whatever I wanted before I went to my audition because I was like, is this really going to be the deciding factor? Right. It's like if my if my performance is so dependent on whether or not I had a cup of coffee or whether or not I ate my yogurt the morning of my audition, it's like I freaking don't even deserve it anyways. Like, what have I been training for if a if a freaking little <laughs> cup of Yoplait yogurt is going to send me to my grave? Like, I don't even deserve it. <laughs> like, that honestly just, like, blew my mind. I was like, yeah, you're so right. Like, why would I cause myself the mental stress? Like, if I drink my cup of coffee or I eat my yogurt, I'm going to be a freaking happy little camper. And then I'm going to have a good audition because I didn't freak myself out about my yogurt. So you see how much he's mentioning yogurt. That's the whole the big milk has. <laughs> Stop. Stop bringing big milk back up, Jesse. Do not speak its name. No, but it's definitely true that we do not utter its name. Okay, Ma'am. Oh, canceled. <laughs> oh, gosh, I have to gather myself. Truly, it, it doesn't really matter what you eat directly before unless you're going to have a life-threatening reaction to it. Yeah, I mean, if you have a legitimate ag- allergy, like, obviously, do what you got to do. This is not for you. But you know that's just you. <laughs> yep. But I was going to say, is this the guy who has a chicken parm before auditions? Oh, no. Different guy. Because <laughs> the chicken parm before audition, dude, is that's even in my book. Of, like, saying you should eat whatever you want. I feel like a, that's just, like, a weird, like, power move to pull on your audition. Yeah, for those who don't know what we're talking about, we released a video, like, freaking forever ago. I don't even know if it's still up on our Instagram. But we were asking people, like, random things that they've done before an audition. And somebody ate, like, three chicken parms before an audition. <laughs> and I honestly have no idea why but you win some you lose some an absolute power move uh the caffeine thing doesn't apply to me because i have never in my entire life had a reasonable amount of caffeine for as long as anyone has known me i can confirm this (laughs) i didn't think about it and i drank two bangs before one of my shifts this week and did not realize until later that that was 600 milligrams of caffeine i think that that would like kill me I think I would, like, inflate like a balloon and explode. I was still tired through that whole shift. Do you remember? I don't know why. You remember in Shrek (laughs) when Shrek, like, grabs the frog and the snake and, like, blows them up and they become balloon animals and float away? I think that's what that would do to me. (laughs) That's the first thing that comes to my mind. (laughs) I thought you were going to say it'd be, like, the bird that explodes. Oh, maybe that, Maybe a bit of both. Don't do that. It's a terrible idea. But if you're drinking like a coffee in the morning before you perform, you're going to be fine. And if you do one of these things and you end up eating dairy or having caffeine or, you know, any number of these, stop stressing. You're fine. <laughs> you just stop hyper focusing on your throat. Chill out, friends. And I guess the other one that really falls in this category is our fourth rumor, which is drinking cold drinks right before you sing, which like, yeah, you don't really want to chug ice. But unless you're chugging that water as you're going onto the stage, you're probably not going to feel the effects of it at all. And it's funny because... No. 
you can really run into the same problem drinking drinks that are super hot. Like it can cause inflammation. It can actually make you phlegmy, unlike dairy. And nobody, nobody's ever told you you can't have hot tea before you perform. Yeah. I mean, I think people just believe it because like if you are to like chug a cold beverage, you know, you can sometimes feel like the like constriction of the vocal folds and the tension that kind of in the surrounding muscles. But it's like it goes away, at least for me. Yeah, it's going to fade within 30 seconds. Like, it's not like you won't be able to sing. You're not going to go hoarse or anything. So it's not really as big of a deal as we think. Like, as long as you're not chugging, like, a gallon of genuinely ice cold water right before you're going to, like, sing some coloratura or something, like, you're not going to be in any noticeable danger. Like, it's you good. You're good. Yeah. And it really takes us away from the actual issue you should worry about, which is drinking a bunch of water and then having to pee right as you go on deck to do your audition. Now, that is the <laughs> thing you have to be careful of, because that is that is real life stuff. That's happened so many times that to me. all the time. I think also, like, unofficially on our list is, like, chugging a bunch of water before your audition, like, hydrates your voice. And it really doesn't. Like, you'll be super hydrated in, like, 20 to 30 minutes. But if you, like, decide to chug, like, two minutes before you go on stage to sing, like, it hasn't hit you yet. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And, like, it's okay to use it to, like, clear your throat or whatever it is. But really staying consistently hydrated is better than just chucking water at any random moment i mean will i do that but for any given opportunity i have to sing yeah yes will i ever stop no no (laughs) (laughs) once again there is a giant gap between knowing the facts and believing them (laughs) yeah catch me chugging water 20 minutes before i die and still having to pee after I die. Like, it's just, it's a fact of Next time I go in. I can't be Next stopped. audition I do, I'm going to go in with a massive milkshake in my hands and just drink it while I wait for the audition. <laughs> I'm going to play mental games with everyone else in that audition room. You know, honestly, if you showed up with, like, a giant shake. <gasps> like a Slurpee? With, like, full whipped cream, like, oh. cherry. No, I'm thinking, like... Remember Johnny Rockets or like any of those like old diner places that had like the ginormous shakes that are like super decked out. If you walked into any given audition just sipping on that, I think I think you would I think you'd get the gig because everyone else in the room would like pass away. I think so. I honestly think the mental game of that would be so strong that I could make some people leave an audition. (laughs) Just come in and watch people start cracking. (laughs) Just crumbling <laughs> underneath your power. Yeah. I also love the mention of Johnny Rockets there because that lives in my mind of like things that I've never seen outside of a mall. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> it's like a rainforest cafe. Oh, my gosh. Yes. <laughs> also, like the biggest appeal of rainforest cafe is seeing like the scuba diver in the fish tank like cleaning oh for sure and then you're like but like why is it the universal thought where it's like i want to be that guy oh for sure you want want that that job (laughs) and then there are those people who became mermaids and fulfilled it (laughs) but this is actually a really good transition to our next rumor wildly enough because uh i think like almost a decade ago now rainforest cafe got in trouble because the smoke in their cafe was making people sick which brings me to a very interesting thing about people who believe that vaping is not bad for your lungs (laughs) i think 
like vaping and smoking pot, marijuana, cannabis, whatever name you want to use, because one is used medicinally and the other one is used a lot of times to help smokers. Like there's this idea that it's the healthier version of smoking, but healthier than tobacco does not mean good for you. Yeah. Like smoking is still smoking. I don't understand. And and this is a concerning one, too, because we don't necessarily have long-term studies on either of these things. One, because it's not legal federally, so they can't study it. And the other one, just because it hasn't been around super long. So we don't exactly know the long-term effects of either. But also, I, I people think this because tobacco has tar and cannabis does not. Um, but your lungs really don't like anything that isn't air. Like... Mm-hmm. Uh, a log is all natural. If you light it on fire in a campfire and breathe in the smoke, it will not feel good. <laughs> nope. Lungs. Oh my gosh, my eyes are stinging just at the thought of it. <laughs> Absolutely not. You now smell like a campfire for the next year. But yeah, your your lungs don't like anything that isn't air. And as far as vaping goes, even though it's not as dangerous, like it's not just water vapor. Some Some vapes don't have propylene glycol, but a lot of them still do. Uh, which is considered an irritant for your throat and your lungs. Repeatedly irritating anything is a bad idea. Yep. Uh, and I believe propylene glycol is also linked, um, and some other things with vapes are actually linked to stuff like acid reflux and gastritis, which could obviously make things a whole lot worse for you if you start getting uh, acid reflux. Yeah. If you use it medicinally and you need it, then you know that. You should just know smoking is smoking, no matter what it is. Yeah. I was saying earlier that it's it's interesting that vaping definitely had, like, a weird on and off period of, like, being cool, not being cool, being cool again. Yeah, I don't really understand. <laughs> but, <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry if you're listening to this podcast and you're like, why are you roasting me? I don't mean to roast you if you vape. I mean, I ha- I have vaped. But I just don't get it. I haven't really smoked weed because i don't like smoking i don't like breathing in things that aren't air usually i would use an edible for that but it doesn't feel good like i i would say that the funny thing about it is is like if you've if you've ever not vaped you know that vaping doesn't exactly feel comfortable you know it's not air (laughs) yeah just because you don't smell just because you don't smell as bad as a smoker doesn't mean it's not affecting you so not a healthy alternatives smoking smoking And then the last myth on our list is number six with musical theater singing is more damaging than opera. And I feel like part of the reason this myth exists is because like there's that saying, which like honestly I feel like is kind of more prevalent in like the non-musician world of like, if you learn how to sing classically, you can sing anything. And it's like, eh, that's not really true. Like singing with bad technique in any genre is damaging oh yeah if you're singing without a teacher and don't know what you're doing and you're trying to sing opera or like what you think an opera singer sounds like without like the support or anything else that you need to create like an operatic sound healthfully like it's gonna be bad and obviously people are like belting is bad and will ruin your voice and it's like sure but so will like lots of other things too yeah i think it's belting specifically that ends up giving it a bad reputation and like there are people who teach belting poorly for sure but for the most part really i think the reason that people have this concept that it's so much more dangerous to do musical theater singing is like the demands of singing musical theater semi or professionally are a lot more than we put on classical singers like classical singers do maybe two three shows a week max 
And then there's musical theater people who may be doing seven to nine shows. Yep. Which is insane. Nobody's voice should do that. That's why they have understudies. But that, I think, is maybe the the reality. But you're right. Like, bad singing happens either way. There are b- plenty of people who don't have a vibrato that hits at the speed they want or is natural, you know? So people force vibrato to make it sound like they're doing the right thing. Just as dangerous. Yeah. I don't think you can uh, cancel musical theater for being more damaging than opera. You just uh, got to sing with good technique. Cancel musical theater because it makes people sniff headache powder. <laughs> not not because it's Absolutely. vocally damaging, but mentally. <laughs> Emotionally. <laughs> I'm spiritually damaged upon learning this. <laughs> I simply I'm won't simply recover. I'm simply unable to recover from my time in musical theater. Oh, gosh. Well, folks, those are our six vocal myths that we just think are so funny because it is not uncommon to hear some of these thoughts in the music building, at an audition, just in, in your little musical chit-chat. So definitely DM us. Let us know. What are some vocal myths that make you laugh or that you think are super cringe or just straight out so false? Oh, yeah. And especially especially if you don't live in America, I'd love to know what the vocal myths are elsewhere. I'd love to know if you are also, you know, being <laughs> manipulated by Big Milk. <laughs> please, please, someone tell me. Some of uh, any of our Australian people, tell me if there's any rumor involving Vegemite and The Voice. <laughs> I have to know. We need to know. Oh, gosh. Well, thanks for joining us this week. We will catch you guys later. If you want to connect with us, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, at Opera Offstage. Or you can join our Discord. The link in that is on our website and on our bio. And you can chat with us there. So we will see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.